0: Welcome back to the Off The Waitlist podcast. We are back, baby, episode 18, and we got a doozy for you. One of my favorite people, one of my favorite trainers in Seattle, his name is Evan Arbor. And yes, we've been saying his name wrong the whole time. It's not Arbor, it's Arbor. I asked him personally. He said people get it wrong all the time. So we are here to set the record straight, among other things. Evan brings his passion, his humor, his his personality, his knowledge, everything wrapped into this podcast, and I am so excited for you guys to listen. So, without further ado, episode 18, Off the wait list with Evan Arbor. Let's get it going. It yes i'm feeling great oh my gosh what a great start (laughs) from
1: technology seriously i am always unsure unsure, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. how's it going i'm glad it worked out great um i just kind of getting the day going i trained a client earlier today nice and um you already gave moose bath you said Yes. He, well, because it's been so nice out, he's been like outside doing a lot of stuff outdoors. Yeah, yeah. So he really needed it. <clears
0: so <clears <throat> so, you're, so you're still doing, doing great one-on-one trainings? Sure I
1: sure am. Yeah. I have, um, not a lot of clients. I only have three right now. Yeah. I can um, imagine you have a lot of time. And that is like a good amount. It's just, it, every client takes a lot of time, which is great. Like I think balancing that and teaching, Classes is yeah. a, is a fine balance. I've definitely overshot the balance before, and I really did a lot, a lot too much. So I've yeah. been like pretty working with these three clients for a long time, and so we kind of really are in a good groove. So it's it works out pretty well. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a lot, lot of work. That's, so that's great. Yeah, in like, a good spot though. That so. is
0: for sure. Um. Well, yeah. I so appreciate you taking the time
1: same um moses i feel this, like i'm talking to a celebrity right now this uh
0: yeah. <laughs> no that is the <laughs> the feeling is reciprocated for sure um what i do with my guests is i have them yeah. at the very beginning is do a 60 second life story you probably okay. did this with Lululemon lemon one time mm-hmm. um but just like to get a glimpse so i have a clock yeah
1: oh so my gosh okay
0: Sit. Okay, yep. I need to gather, Yep, gather your <laughs> thoughts. We just <laughs> dive right in. Okay, I'm ready. All right. All right, here we go. I'll give you like a little signal when there's like 15 seconds left to kind of give you an idea. Wrap it
1: up. Yep. Okay. okay I'm trying to like go through go. my whole life story. Okay, yep. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go for it. Okay, hi. um, My name is Evan Arbor. I am currently a personal trainer, fitness instructor, in Seattle. I've been doing this for about seven, eight years or so. I've been in the fitness game, teaching classes. I grew up in a really small town in Maine, um, which a lot of people are surprised about, about 5,000 people. My family still lives there. I went to school for acting and dance, which kind of moved me into the fitness space. And then I kind of really fell in love with teaching. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And I... Really love what I do. I've lived in Seattle for about six years, and there's a lot of parallels between Seattle and Maine. And so, I um lived in New York City before Seattle, and I have been here kind of enjoying growing the fitness scene here in the city ever since. And it definitely is my home. I love it. Boom, love it. Oh, god, that Perfect is stressful.
0: Timing. that's I know. really stressful. I know,
1: wow. I, re- I okay. really put
0: people on the clock, uh, literally <laughs> yeah, on the clock. Yeah. For it's 60 great. seconds. Okay. And then um, I'm like,
1: oh wait, okay, we did it. I feel good. Yeah,
0: don't worry. Don't worry. We're gonna yeah. dive into a bunch of stuff. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're we're really gonna get to know each other. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Or
0: let me rephrase. I'm gonna really get to know you. Yes. And great. I'm ready. And uh, but them. this is my first one in like six months. My last one was Hannah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, you know, I'm just I'm literally there's dust collecting on my mic. Yep. There hey. <laughs>
1: shake it off so, yeah
0: okay. so we're gonna we're gonna shake it off um dope let's start with the beginning like yeah what yeah. was it like growing up in Maine what were you like as a kid
1: um I was a super overachiever as a kid um you don't say time yeah people who know me not shocked um I like I said grew up in a really small town so it's like the town where you know my friend's mom was like our principal and our friend's dad was like the the like fuel guy who like came and like filled your gas tanks and stuff like that it's like everybody knew everybody hmm. and we knew each other's parents we knew each other's pets names like you couldn't really do much in our town because there wasn't really that much to do but looking back on it, i really did love it so our school just simply wasn't big enough for there to be like one group of kids who do one thing. So we all kind of did everything. Like the kids who were in bands did like sports. They also did theater. They also did art stuff. They did yearbook. Like there, because there was just simply, I graduated with 53 kids in my high school class. So it was what? like we didn't, yeah, yeah like well, there was no option. It was like you had to do it all. So I, I kind of really leaned into that vibe. And so I really kind of, Always has been like a high achieving mm. personality type. So that's kind of what I did growing up. Like it was a very, I'm one of three boys. So we're very spread out. So my older brother is seven years older than me. So mm. even though we, I have brothers, it kind of, I kind of grew up feeling like an only child. So I kind of had to entertain myself a lot. You know, it's like I was really into after school activities because it was like those were the people that I wanted to hang out with and wanted to do stuff with. So that's kind of how my childhood is kind of shaped mm. and we all really got super close. Cause the kids I went to kindergarten with like graduated high school. With. So like, yeah. we knew each other that whole time through. So um, I love it there. I just went back to, to Maine last month to see my family. Today is actually my mom's birthday. So. Happy Yay. Birthday, happy mom. birthday, mom. Um, so uh, we uh, went and I hung out with her. I saw my nieces and, Hung out with them and it was super nice and I got to spend some time there. But it's kind of like going back into a time machine because nothing in my hometown has changed since I've been there. It's like the same places are still there. It's and it, it's I was talking to my parents when I was back and it's like kind of crazy how it all comes back to you. Like I haven't been there in so long, but you can still see like the roadmap in your brain of like how to yeah. get places. Um so yeah it was very it's great looking back on it. I loved Kind of what my childhood was and how kind of easy it was in terms of being able to just be surrounded by such a small community which is yeah. great um yeah
0: what uh what what were some of your favorite after school activities that you did as a kid
1: um well i was we did a lot of sports i was a three sport athlete all through school so i did soccer cross-country skiing which is huge in maine um Ooh. and tennis and then i did the i did the theater thing so i like i mentioned in my 60 second story life story is i um (laughs) went i went to school for acting so i did every single theater show in my high school and community theater that i could so i was immediately gravitated towards performing arts and i always have been um and so i spent most of my time either at practice for my sports or at theater and so our our Coaches and our theater teacher had to really figure it out because the kids who were on the sports team were also in the show. So we had to really kind of juggle between the two. But it was like, I don't think there was really ever a time where I just didn't have anything to do Right. when I was growing up because I just really, I loved being involved and I loved kind of being with the people that I was with. So so, so you've always yeah. been moving and grooving. Always. I, yeah, it's something now that I, you know, as an adult is something that I'm trying to actually work through because productivity is such a core value. I don't want to say core value, but it's something that I really Mm -hmm. am trying not to link to who I am as a person. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard of these, um, these personality descriptors called Enneagrams. If you've ever heard of those, I am like, if there's any type threes out there, like (laughs) shout out to my type threes, like I am 2 H D A type 3. It's all right. Like,
0: we gotta hear. Let's hear it. What are and, what is and, a type three? Yeah.
1: Well, type three, the they're described as the achiever. Mm. So it's like based on kind of what I was telling you about growing up, it's like it the dots are starting to connect in terms in terms of like how my personality started to build and where I am now. So a type three is really all about trying to focus on what the next goal is, how to get there, how to optimize. Very much like, here's my to-do list, let me do this. And on kind of the, the not so great side of that personality type is is type threes tend to link their sense of worth with how much they achieve and how much they produce in terms of work. So it's like, what I'm trying to work through in terms of that is, you know, it's okay to take breaks. There was a time in my life where I, I actually would pride myself on the fact that I never took vacation. Because I was like, I'm the hardest worker. I don't need vacation. I'm going to keep working. Like I am the person that people can come to and I'll always say yes to whatever they need. So it's like, I've definitely gotten, I've been working on that, taking vacation has become something that I really am getting better at, taking time off and saying, no, I think everybody deals with that obstacle from time to time. But it was something that for a short time in my life, longer than I probably wanted it to be, was i willingly would give up free time just to say that i was giving up my free time yeah so it's like it's it and you can only do that for so long and so it really burns the candle out so type three is really are very much productivity driven and achievement driven like they want to win the award they want to be in first place they want to do that so that's what i, I was going to say all- is we
0: yeah. we wear you we wear it as a badge mm-hmm. like almost like
1: yes mm-hmm. like boom mm-hmm. never take a totally. day off totally yeah team knows day's off like yeah. i'm not about that anymore that's like not yeah. the vibe so that's that's a really hard thing to work through totally we, it takes can, a lot of time
0: yeah because also like you know us as fitness instructor we uh-huh. we make our money yeah. by working it's not like yeah we're mm-hmm. a salary position where we're like, I'm right. going to take my two weeks paid vacation, like yeah. whatever, like I need to
1: work. Yep. So it can be really Big hard shift. to take. Time. Yeah. one of the biggest struggles for sure. It's like, especially when you first start out, I think that really started to cement in my brain when I first started teaching fitness, because like you said, not only is it like linked directly to your paycheck, but it's linked directly to your community building. Mm-hmm. You can never create community if you're never there. True. So, you know? And so I automatically linked, if I miss a couple classes, people are going to totally forget about me. <laughs> you know I mean, it's like, if I, yeah, right. You hear that. Yeah, you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. So, but at the time, it's like, I was teaching in New York city and I was one of hundreds of fitness instructors just mm. trying to make it. And so it was like, I need to be there. I need to get in front of these people and get to know them. And if I don't, if I'm not there consistently and in my brain consistently means always, then all of the work that I've done up until this point, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. And so that sort of started, that's how I began my fitness like journey as, a, as an instructor. Right. And so that has been kind of what I've been kind of trying, I've actively worked on pulling back from. You know? I think, yeah, I think I mean, that's, I think
0: that's so key just cause mm-hmm. just cause even and we get pressure from our employers too. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to, mm-hmm. if you want busier classes and you, you know, you mm-hmm. got to take every sub opportunity and every, right. right. So it can be a little bit of a mind
1: fuck. Yeah, for sure. for sure. I feel like, especially that's the biggest thing that I, I pressure or I talk to, you know, newer instructors about is like, boundaries are like such an important part of when you first start out teaching and that's like Mm. I think you know if I could talk to myself when I first started teaching that is something I would tell myself you know eight years ago when I first started teaching fitness Mm. is like allow yourself to have time off allow yourself to be able to give yourself what you need because I feel like there's such a pressure for fitness people to always be available always be there always be working out like i think that's part of it too is like mm. you think we're these people who are just like machines of fitness we can like always do another workout or all that kind of stuff so i think it's a huge learning curve that a lot of newer instructors go through and unfortunately a lot of newer instructors go through burnout they like get to the point where they're like i just and that is where you finally hit that place of like i need boundaries so it's like i try to get to those early first, those people yeah, yeah. before they get to that point you know because yeah it can really affect your relationship with teaching. For sure. I think it's, it's a really important thing that I've, I've worked on over over the years of being able to pull back from it and still feel good about it. Like coming in and be like, you know, everybody deserves that time, regardless of what you do. Um, And, you know, moving to Seattle was such a big thing for me because when I moved here, I mean, you were, you were fully in the fitness scene when I moved here to Seattle And I think since I moved here six years ago, you know, it was like the fitness scene has changed so much in those six years. I feel super lucky to be part of like the build of the fitness scene here in the city and to like see it shift um, and how many more options there are in Seattle, how many more studios there are and how many more people were getting up to move as just like a fitness community as a whole. So I feel lucky that I was able to be part of that because I think that sort of like stewardship of building the fitness scene has given me a little bit more confidence in being able to be like, okay, it's okay if I take some time and I'm gonna come back and everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. You no. Know? So yeah, yeah. it's it's the build though. It takes time for sure.
0: Yeah. I think you've done
1: an incredible.
0: And I'm not just saying this. I think mm-hmm. you've done an incredible job in the short amount of time that you've been here and in the short amount of time like the 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 trajectory of seattle fitness has been mm-hmm. like you said just like my gosh a,
1: a rocket ship a
0: rocket ship for sure yeah yeah and it so it's even more condensed if you think about it with the apex being where it is yeah so sure. i think you've just done an incredible job um i respect the shit out of you uh mm-hmm. gotcha right uh, buddy right going you. i appreciate you um so i didn't know you went to school for acting and dance I sure did. We have I that sure in did. common.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, you are very much still in the game. I am not so much in that respect. But I think. Do you, you ever? Do you ever have the to itch? Too. Honestly, no. I mean, it's interesting because I actually just saw Hamilton here in Seattle. Ooh, I've been meaning to go. And I had never seen it live. And there's moments where I'm, I'm. It only happens when I'm witnessing live theater, where I'm like, mm. wow. There's just something about being in a show and like experiencing it in person. You know, yes. whenever I'm watching a movie or something, it's a little bit different because you're like in your house, whatever. But when I'm in a theater and I'm experiencing it like around people and seeing a, like an actual human going through something in front of me, that's when I'm like, wow, this this is this is cool. Yeah. But at the same time, I really feel like my journey of going through acting school and moving to New York City to do the acting thing for when I did it really all led me to do what I'm doing today. Like, I feel like, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, the skills that you use in acting directly correlate to being a fitness instructor. I think that's why there's so many people who are in the creative arts who gravitate towards fitness because so many of the skills can so quickly convert to being a great instructor. For sure. So I do feel like, you know, the, the, audience is the people taking our classes like the show is up you open the door the curtains are up like showtime yeah you know and if things happen your music messes up (laughs) your computer dies someone you know drops the weight on their foot you know you still have to teach class the show is still going you gotta make it work out and like you gotta go off script and figure it out so it's like there's a lot of skills that are so directly correlated to it and I still feel like I get the same sensation when I would perform than when I do when I'm teaching, and what's great is like I get the bonus of getting to get the same audience over and over again. So I get really connected to them, and there's like this much bigger sensation of like a back and forth than there is you know for a show of like someone comes to it once and they never see them again.
0: You know, right? So that's um, that's so funny because I feel I feel yeah. the same exact yeah. way. Yeah. Um for me like i feel the way you feel when you see a live performance is mm-hmm. it's why it's hard for me to watch movies cuz i'm mm-hmm. like i just like i'm like oh, like mm-hmm. it i get pulled into that medium or that mm-hmm. space just mm-hmm. like you do in live theater and i'm like i want to do yeah. that like yeah, r- yeah, yeah. right right now <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like right now mm-hmm. so it is interesting that it does fill the space the same creative performance space yep. that is totally. kind of missing from that aspect. Yes. But like you said, the whole reason why, because I moved to LA. I don't know if you knew this. Mm-hmm. I've, I've lived mm-hmm. in LA two different times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to pursue acting, to do the acting thing. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And then um, ultimately I moved back because of what, exactly what you said. Like I would have rather had four quarters and a hundred pennies essentially. Yeah. For sure, you know what I mean. For sure, yeah. So yep. that absolutely. That's that's really kind of interesting that we both kind of have that. Yeah, well, I think. Did it's, you, did it's you just, like New York? It's such a good tool.
1: I did. I mean, I lived there right after college, so I was like really doing the actor life. Like, if you are envisioning what you think an actor Woo. life is, like living with three roommates, like juggling six jobs, like doing the hustle, that's what my whole entire experience in New York City was about. And I don't think had I done it at any other time in my life, I would have done it. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that I did because I was like fresh out of school. I was like, let's do this thing, you know, and like all of my friends were doing the same thing too. We all moved from school. So I am just school oh, in wow. upstate New York. And so it's really common for a lot of the, the people graduating from our program to move directly to New York city. Got it. So like I had this sort of built in network. So like I lived with some of my college friends when I moved to the city. So it's like, we were all doing the same thing. We were like going to work at a restaurant from like three to eight. And then we'd have to go to another job from like nine to two in the morning and like yep. bartend or do something like crazy hours. But it's like, that's what you do when you're 20 something. Like yep. that's how you make it work in New York city. So, I enjoyed it for the time that I was there and doing it with my friends because we were all in the same stage of life. Um, But there was still something in the back of my brain that was like, this is not going to be my forever place. Like, I never felt like New York was the place for me. And I knew that in the back of my brain. Mm. I'm like, I don't know. My personality type very much is not like a pros and cons list type of decision maker. Like I'm very much like an intuition, how do you feel? Yes or no. Yeah. And I, when I moved to Seattle from New York city, I didn't make one list of like, this is why I should, this is why I shouldn't. Like I, and I've never really done that with big decisions. And some people might be cringing when they hear this because it's like, how can you make such big life decisions without processing in that way? But I just don't think I process like cerebrally. I feel like I process much more emotionally and how I, yeah, exactly. So I think when I was in New York city, I just always knew there was going to be something that took me out of the city. So when that opportunity arose, I was like, this is happening to me because it should be happening to me and I should take advantage of it. And so I feel like that's, that's how I've always done it. But I loved how, living there while I was there. How did that transition happen? It happened in seven days. What? <laughs> yeah. So um, I was like, that's what I mean. Is like, it also helped because I didn't have time to think about it. It was like, right. we are, so at that time I was teaching for Soul Cycle in New York City. Oh, been working okay. And coaching and teaching there in New York City. So I was yep. teaching classes there on top of juggling a bunch of other things. So they offered me to move to Seattle to open the first studio in Bellevue. This was in 2017. So I got a call in the middle of December in 2016 of like, do you want to move to Seattle, but we need you to move in January. So I was like, I'm going home for Christmas. I don't like, when is this going to happen? Yeah. And so the studio was slotted to open in the beginning of January, right after New Year's. So I got back from my trip from Christmas on like the 27th and I flew to Seattle. I had three days to find an apartment after New Year's. Flew back to New York, packed my stuff and I had a one-way ticket to Seattle on like January 10th, I think it was. So it was like, I all in all had like a little over a week I think it was to actually get my life together and move to Seattle. So it was And then open up a studio. And then open a studio on the 15th, yeah. So we, they had four instructors fly and move to Seattle. um, And it was just such a whirlwind. So it was like, I didn't really have time to be like, hmm, let's think about this. Like, what do we think? Do we know it? And it's like, because I came from such a small town, the farthest west I'd ever been in my life was Connecticut. Like I had (laughs) never, (laughs) like I had never experienced any other part of the country because like we, like I lived in Maine. Like we never really traveled as a family. Like we never went on vacation to places. We like just right. we like lived on a lake. It was like this is what we did. So um we I just was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna try this and move to the entire opposite side of the country I've never been to before. Cause I had an image of what Seattle was like in my brain and I knew that it was like naturally beautiful. Right. And so that was something that I was like intuitively like very into. Um, almost similar to Northeast vibes. Very similar. And so that was kind of one of the reasons I fell in love with Washington, Seattle in general is like, it's connection to nature. Mm -hmm. It was something in New York city that I really missed because it's like, you, you have access to nature, quote unquote, but I mean, there's not, there's nothing like here where you can, or like Maine, where you can actually be fully stranded by nature. Yeah. So that was a huge win it's in like, terms of moving here. It's there. like LA. Let's go hike at Let's Runyon. Let's go hike. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, yo, this this isn't like, it. Yeah, the the paved trail, not not the <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for. <laughs> like it um was it, i a really great connecting point for me when I moved here is like the the ability to be in nature and like feel that not only the connection to nature but you can kind of get the best of everything like you can really be in the city if you want to you can really go out to nature if you want mm. to and then there's the bonus of actually having like the ocean like actual body of water mm. so it was like that and some bonus points for seattle when i moved here
0: oh yeah um, uh what <laughs> rewinding just a little bit yeah. before we move on yeah what was yeah. it like for you growing up in maine with a town of five thousand people to Mm -hmm. move to new york city was that just like (laughs) uh, were you was it one of those like typical Uh, tv shows where it's like i'm getting
1: out of this town it seems like you love your the town that you grew up in but i yeah i did i do love my town i think it was such a great place to grow up and i really am super lucky to live where i lived um but i feel like i mean in my family i'm the first person to go to college and graduate from college, and I'm the first person to move out of Maine. So, like, I, for me to m- go to college, one was huge. To leave Maine was also huge. So it was a big shift for my family. I think, especially my mom, because I'm her youngest son. So she was like, she had she had a moment when I went to college for sure. Like every yeah. parent does, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I've had my this conversation with my mom a bunch. It's like she has told me she always knew like that's what was going to happen for me. Like I was not going to just like stay, not that staying in Maine is bad, but she right. knew that I was going to do other things than stay here and create right. a life in Maine. So, but when I told my family, I was moving to New York city, mm. they thought I was like moving to Mars. They were like, why yeah. would you choose to live in like the craziest place to ever live? <laughs> um So I mean, coming from Maine, I had, you know, not a lot of experience of living in big cities. And my parents came to visit me a couple times when I was in New York City. My mom came two times. And it was interesting to kind of see the city through her eyes because I had been living there for a little bit and she was visiting. So, like, see it again through somebody who'd never experienced that volume of people was very... It was very cool because she kind of really got to see what I was doing and how I was living and how vastly different it was. Um, But it was great. I mean, we did the full touristy thing. But I think it, the reason why I love growing up where I grew up is because I think it really instilled in me this sense of like really seeing the person in front of me because there were so few people in our town. It was like New York is very hustle like let me do my thing you know you right. have your small group of friends but like you're in it to win it like there's and some people really thrive on that energy and I think that's one of the reasons why New York never really clicked with me I felt like the culture of that city was not in line with kind of how I want to interact with people yeah um so that might have been kind of the deeper reason as to why it never really sunk in I think there I think you've done a great
0: job of taking the good parts of New York and mm. take, taking the great parts of like your hometown and mm.
2: making mm-hmm. it
0: into Evan um, in mm. Seattle. Uh, yeah. Just cause like everyone knows your hustle. Everyone knows, but also everyone knows how in tune you are with your people. Mm, and and i I think yeah i think that definitely shows so that's interesting that you've been able to i think it's really cool that you've been able to take all the good parts (laughs) of Mm. your background and be like okay you know it's like a buffet i'm gonna take a little this a little this i'm gonna leave all of this stuff you know behind but then and then totally um take that with you uh transitioning when yeah Bear when berries came yep. up, what um yeah, what led you to berries?
1: Um I think the biggest shift is I had taken a couple of berries classes in New York City when I was there just to kind of see like, I don't know, let's just try it out, let's see what this place is all about. Um so I knew of the workout, hmm. but I didn't it wasn't on my radar that it was coming to Seattle when it was coming to Seattle because I was so focused on like building what we were doing, where I currently was teaching. Mm-hmm. So I think when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, how incredible would it be to bring not only one, but two different workouts to the same city? That was like such a such an incredible experience to be able to say like, I've been able to do that. And so, and it was a huge challenge because it was such a big switch to what I had currently been teaching. It's such a different format, a different situation. So I was approached by the one of the other founding instructors of the studio to come and teach there. Mm. And so it was just, I felt so lucky to be able to like, to be asked to join that team, um, to be one of the first instructors there. And it was a little cuckoo because I was teaching, you know, already, but I had to start my training to work at Barry's as well. So it was like, I was juggling so many different workouts in my brain every day um which was a little wild but i kind of just like similar to like my thought when the opportunity to teach in seattle presented itself something was telling me that like you need to take advantage of this like you mm. need to figure out how to way to make this work yeah um and i'm so 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 glad that it did definitely
0: and now you're a senior principal instructor
1: yeah and now we're here
0: four yeah. years later yeah <laughs> it's,
1: crazy. it's crazy i know yeah but like
0: That's 2020 awesome. kind of yeah. just like I mean, we're closed basically the whole year.
1: Yes, for sure. There was Uh a, I mean, the amount of shifting that that year took from the fitness industry as a whole Mm. is wild. I think there needs to be like a like a like a History Channel documentary. I was going to say years on like how the fitness industry survived twenty twenty, like fire festival. So, oh my gosh! Like I just like I the amount of pivoting shifting figuring it out, doing whatever you can to make it work. Like it was, but at the same time, like I really feel like there was such a desperate need for fitness, yeah. but there were so many obstacles in the way of people who provide it at the same time. So it That's was true. like this crazy conflict of like, we want to get this product out, but there's so many like obstacles in order to get it to the point where we want it to be. Yeah. Um, the hell so, was always the hardest. Yeah. Life. It was just like, let's do it. I mean, it felt scrappy for a while like let's just work at this is what we're going to try and we're going to see how it works and you know i think it was successful for sure in terms of how we got our workout to the people out there like i got to meet people from all over the world doing stuff online teaching i mean i did so many workouts right here (laughs) in my apartment psychotic So it was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I think you just had to really continue to just say, yes, I'm willing to try it and we'll see what happens because we were all just trying to figure it out in that time. So I feel like it's been really interesting to be part of this team in the last four years, because we've gone through so many changes, just in our studio alone. Um, And to really kind of go through those really sort of turbulent times with the studio and just be like, you know, super knock on wood, like it feels pretty normal, dare I say at this point, like we're kind of doing what we started out to do. And like, people are in the studio, we're doing the classes, we're feeling good, like in and out. So to kind of come out on the other side of it to almost three years later, finally feeling normal ish, you know, is pretty amazing to kind of see that shift. Because the biggest fear that I had coming out of 2020 was like, are people ever going to actually come back to the studio? Yeah. That was such a huge, and I'm sure a lot of other fitness people felt that too, because it was like, people have gotten so used to doing it at home, mm-hmm. you know, and they figured out what works for them. And they finally found dumbbells or are like, <laughs> yeah. you know, figuring it. I mean, everybody was fighting for dumbbells for a while. You know, it was like, are, are people ever going to come back? Like, is this right. going to be a thing? You know? So, luckily you know people are coming back and figuring out what makes them feel most comfortable maybe they're doing a little bit of both maybe they're still at home like some people really enjoy that yeah so it's whatever people feel is right for them is the best thing but i am so so glad that we're back and we're grooving because i I really yeah i think people will always
0: take a group like i i don't know i think yeah. there's always going to be people who are motivated who are yeah. like who want that vibe right it's like it's like right. a restaurant you know like people i yeah. think people are always going to want to go yeah. out and have that experience that dining experience and things like that right um right. we're just going to go right into our quick hitter question segment okay um i like you know i say our like i have this conglomerate but really <laughs> <laughs>
1: this <laughs> like yeah 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 i love it yeah.
0: this is our great segment called quick hitters um this is there's three levels okay they get more and more in depth as we go down through the levels okay. like inception okay okay i'm ready
1: level one's like either or okay great uh okay. pizza or tacos oh tacos um yeah definitely I, yeah there's no, no, there's no, no
0: hesitation.
1: Zero. I Mexican food top of my list. Oh, I wow. Eat Mexican food every day. Like
0: it. it's your deserted. Would you say it's your like deserted Island food?
1: I would confidently say that I love, I'm very into spicy food. Spicy mm-hmm. food is like, I have, I think. I'm trying to think how many in my fridge I have. I think I have five or six different types of hot sauce, maybe seven. <laughs> like I love. I love it I put it on almost everything everything
0: I mean do you have a favorite yes. taco spot
1: um I really think here in Seattle I really think really great tacos I love I just recently started going again to Pablo y Pablo yes it's very good um they have such a great setup I just love the the like patio space It's such a yeah. beautiful spot too it is cool um really really great um I love it over there so good
0: uh i think i know the answer to this dogs or cats
1: okay. oh pfft. dog hello duh yeah I, I have i mean my dog moose is about a year and a half old he is still very much a puppy and he's he so cute oh he's the best thing ever he's so best
0: cute best um are you
1: a texter or a caller um i i hmm. it's <laughs> on it depends because I'm a really terrible texter, so like people will text me, and I'm the person who has like sixteen text messages that are unread. I have like <laughs> more more emails that are unopened than I care to admit. Um, so I feel like very much I'll get it there, but it takes me some time. Yeah. So I feel like I know if someone calls me, I'll answer, but the texting I'm I'm working on.
0: Also, also, if I don't know if this is TMI. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> but but you have your read receipts
1: on. I do. So I do. that so so, so
0: thank you really for the
1: awesome. but you know why I turned it on is because it keeps me more accountable. That, I, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yes. So yeah. I know if like if I open it, people are gonna know I saw it. So I'm like, like, oh damn it. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yep. that's what I, I thought.
1: It really is more for me than anyone Yep, that's, that's what
0: it's I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's ex- I was like, yeah. he probably did that mm-hmm. now that I'm hearing this because I just right. saw it on my thing. um, A beach or a nature person? Like, would you rather spend three mm. hours at the beach just hanging out
1: or would you rather like go hike somewhere? Oh I am such a, a tree person. My last name means tree in French and I've always been like a forest person, like always. I really, um I mean, cause I grew up in such a great state for that. Like it's always been such a calming place for me. Mm. Like some people really feel that way about the ocean. Like when they're on the beach, they really feel that sense of calm. True. I really feel that when I'm like surrounded by trees. Like that's why Seattle is so great for me, I feel like, because I can go to places like that. Nature sure. base That's right. That's right. Um yeah.
0: Uh shit, I forgot what I was gonna say about that <laughs> not That's
1: important right. then See it'll, you
0: later. yeah fuck it it'll, come back. It'll come, it'll back. come back it'll come back um oh yeah i'm not a beach person
1: yeah i'm just I, think like, I can be a beach person once in a while but yeah i don't know i feel like i have a time limit when it comes to beaches yeah you know too. it's like i really i don't know i i do enjoy it every so often but it's not it's not for me yeah overall um would you rather explore the depths of the ocean
0: or mm. the depth that is space? Oh, God.
1: This does is one than the last one. This than the last one. I am really not a strong swimmer. So I, I can swim. I can go from point A to point B. Will it be the most efficient and/or fastest? Absolutely not. I'm with you. So I, I can, mm-hmm. I can survive in a body of water. I will say, but yeah. let's just be clear about one thing. Yeah, let's just be clear. Your boy can I swim. Can, I can, I can tread water. Okay? <laughs> but I, um, there is something deeply unsettling to me about being deep underwater. Ooh. I do have zero interest in scuba diving actually zero um even if it's like stunning and in like the caribbean yeah count me out i'm yeah. not a fan so i feel like out of those two i would rather do space mm. than the ocean and i i feel like they're both unsettling
0: very I much feel so. like
1: space to me feels more exciting
0: it's so funny because yeah i never even knew how the act of snorkeling worked yeah until I was like 30 years old mm-hmm. i was like what what do you how do you snorkel oh i Don't. see you just stay like right above the water yeah I like, what yeah
1: is i would i would do that i've i've actually i've done something similar to that I, when i was on a trip with one of my friends we went um like manta ray watching i guess you like oh cool you, like lay on the water on the very top yeah and there's like this light that's under this board that attracts plankton, which then attracts like the manta rays. Ah. But we had to do it at night when it was pitch black. So we were in the ocean near Hawaii. It was completely pitch dark. So you couldn't really see anything except straight down under you. And even that was very unsettling to me. I mean, I did it and it was great, but I think the scuba diving, like going underwater for extended periods of time, with a tank on your back and stuff like that <laughs> like that i'm like i am a human i belong above water yeah I'm good thank you
0: yeah uh great we're moving on to level two ready
1: okay level two God, yep i'm ready Sup-
0: uh, superhero power what would it be
1: oh my gosh okay this is a great question i feel like you have a very clear answer because i know you're a huge marvel i do fan. i do have a very um, clear answer. so um my superpower Hmm. something that I've wished I would have, I guess when I was younger, I'm thinking I've always wanted. Hmm. I feel like this, I don't know if this is a superpower, if you consider this a superpower, but I feel like the ability to, I don't know, like give people a sense of calm and like peace. is something that I would really love to have because I feel like it could be very helpful in certain situations um, like an that's the first thing that comes to my mind, yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah. much. I would love that, and I wouldn't use it for evil, I promise. It would only be, for <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
0: yeah. what they all say every time.
1: <laughs> that's right, that's what I mean
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's every villain has started that way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite treat meal besides talking oh about fried chicken? Oh, right? there we go.
1: <laughs> I, if you if any of my close friends are listening to this, they know that I consider fried chicken to be its own food group yes. in my experience because I love it so much. It is the best. I have tried many fried chicken places here in Seattle because I'm always trying to see what the deal is. Mm. Um, I love yep. it. like top Incredible. three
0: places right off the top of your head.
1: Favorite place yes. is this place. It's called Mayono. It's yes i have it i am obsessed with it. it in my opinion it's the best one um there i think is, i agree it's it's,
0: it's really good it's
1: so good it's so good um and i have tried this other place called cool. sisters and brothers which is in um inner bay on the yep. way to ballard which is it's really literally good. like
0: three blocks away from my place
1: oh is it yeah i've been there that is that is very different style of fried chicken that's what i think i like the most about it is like this city has so many different styles of fried yeah, chicken and yeah, then there's yeah, like yeah. a third totally different type which is korean fried chicken which is also extremely good yeah so i've had that here too which is really really good is your like go to so, like baka oh yeah baby oh my god oh yeah those <laughs> are three places you get it you get it yeah all right really good great
0: really good. um do you have any uh, current shows or podcasts you're obsessed with that uh,
1: my seven listeners can listen
0: to or watch?
1: Um, I have been. I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of television. I'm not a big TV watcher, really. Um, but I have been, and I am a diehard, I would truly say diehard RuPaul fan, and I love it. I think it is so fun. Amazing. I've been recently watching a lot of the past seasons. And I think if you've never watched it, it's a great show that is super easy to watch and is so joyous. Like it's so funny and I just have such a great time watching it. And that's it. That's the one for me right now. That's the one I'm really going through. Um, Just the past, some past seasons that are really great. Love
0: it. Who is your dream dinner guest? If you could have any person at your dinner table. Dead alive, mythical,
1: doesn't even have to be real. Oh my gosh, mythical. Shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> I can, by mythical, do you mean like like literary? fictional? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my like gosh. like a fictional okay, well, this person. just opens up a whole door. Okay. So I'm also a huge fan of Harry Potter. Yeah. I've always been a huge fan of Harry Potter. Um so I would really love to have dinner like The Weasley households. I can't. Oh, yeah. With (laughs) like with the Weasleys, I think would be so fun. Um, and I have been recently listening to the books on on audio. Oh, um, yeah. The last couple months, which is just a great, like, very sort of nostalgic thing to do. So, is it with that? Is it with the English guy? Yes, Jim Dale. Jim Dale, yeah, superstar. So I'm Jim Dale. Good, so. Yeah, I love that. Yes,
0: oh my god, amazing. Um, okay. what house would you be in? You think?
1: Uh, Gryffindor. I've taken the test multiple times, verified. So there you
0: go. There you go. You know, I um,
1: try. I feel like everybody says that though, but I, I don't know. I feel like there has to be some sort of authority on it, and I, yeah, that's what I, I, I say it, but I've
0: been sorted twice, and they've both been Hufflepuff. Yeah. So. Okay, I love it. Hufflepuff.
1: Yeah incredible
0: um there's only one more question in level two okay okay uh what's your favorite way to work out
1: oh hmm. i favorite way to work out like modality of working out yes i really love i mean i love traditional strength training that mm. is like my my thing i have been doing that for a long time i really enjoy it um And I think it's really nice to be able to kind of do things that are physically and mentally challenging at the same time. And that's kind of like what drew me to fitness in general as like my own sense of like me time. Cause a lot of the times I spend so much time in fitness spaces as the instructor, as the coach. So when I get that time just to do it for me, that's very special. So I really enjoy doing that. Very much so. Um, that's definitely my spot
0: is remember the thing that I forgot to say
1: yes came back
0: (laughs) it came back okay I was gonna say about first like new fitness instructors like you you better love helping people because if you're doing it just because you happen to like fitness it's totally it's gonna it's like it takes away from your joy of actually doing fitness a lot of the time like the last place you want to be is in a fucking gym a right. lot of the time, like you just want to go right. home, decompress, and then you skip your workout. And then it's just like, yep. so yep. that's, yeah, that's a, that's a huge thing. Um, totally. We, sorry, I'm getting an inter- interruption. It's fine. Um, someone is calling in because they have to ask you a uh, few questions. Is this
1: a guest star? Guest this is- star? This is oh this is a <laughs> guest star. Hi,
2: oh my gosh! Hi, hello, Hiya. girl. Um.
0: When she found out I was I was doing the interview with you, she was like, "Get me on." I was like,
2: "Give me my own segment." I love it. Uh, Moses and I are actually in the same room right now, but he thought it would be funnier if I called in. I, this is
1: incredible. <laughs> this is great. I love it. It's
2: so good. Um. Okay. I? I told it? her.
0: I told her she gets two questions.
2: He told okay. me. I thought you said three, but I only have
0: two. <laughs> it started out as five, and oh, then it wow, went to okay. three, yeah. and then I was, and then she was like, "I got two.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. Here are my questions. I have one fitness question and one personal question
1: for you. Okay. You start whichever one you want. I'm
2: ready. Okay. I'm going to start with the fitness question. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, I love you so much. and (laughs) and, uh I think that your classes are always just the most amazing ever um and uh, multiple times randomly actually I don't know if Moses ever told you this but we'll be like out in public or like at a party or something and we'll go down like a rabbit hole just talking about how great you are (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding this has happened more than once um and like trying to figure out like why Evan is so great and one of the things that um, I think makes your class amazing and so consistent every time is you have an amazing ability to build trust with your clients like Mm -hmm. I mean that in the way that you know you'll say a run or something a run pattern and I'll be like that sounds way too hard. It sounds like I'm not going to be able to do it. And then I always can do it. And I just have mm. to trust you that like you are being so intentional with your programming. Mm. Um, so my question for you is what yes. goes into that? Like, are you, is that by accident? I don't think it is, mm. but are, are you just really <laughs> that intentional? Yeah,
1: um, totally wing it every time. And mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah, what is what is your motivation for like building that trust with people? And what's yep. your process to um, make sure yep. that you- Are giving out you know the same like great intense workout Mm -hmm. every time. It's like really going to push people to be their best. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think one. Thank you so much. I feel so lucky when you come into class and take my class because I know you're going to work super hard. And so that is kind of the biggest thing. So I feel like I'm super lucky to have people come to my class who are willing to work really hard. That is something that is I think very special. Because even if, like you said, when I tell you what the run is gonna be, you're like, holy shit, what are we gonna do? You know what I mean? So I think like willing to try is so important. And so that is for me to you, appreciate you. But I think in terms of your question, there's two really important things that I think have to be at the foundation of every instructor, no matter what they're teaching, is I think you have to you have to recognize that when people come into your class. They are giving you two of the most important things that someone can give you. They're giving you their body and they're giving you your time. So I think if people are walking into your class, they're giving you those two things and trusting you to, one, take care of their body, and two, to make their time worth it. So I think that is something that I always think about in every single class that I'm making and when I'm teaching is that level of trust that they are giving me to train them is something that I do not take lightly. Like our job is fun and it's great. And I like do crazy stuff and I like run around and stuff, whatever, and it's fun. So I, I tell people like my job isn't serious, but I take my job very seriously. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I really am very intentional with the stuff that I do in terms of what I program and how I kind of go about that is I always put, put myself in the position of someone taking my class. And if I feel like I'm looking at the class that I'm teaching and I would feel good when I walked out, then that's a great class. So it's like, I always teach the class that I want to take. So if I'm walking out of my own class, I'm like, I signed up for this day and I got the workout that I wanted and it was exactly what I expected. You know, the instructor knew what he was doing. He made me feel seen and taken care of and all of that stuff. That's something that is super, super important to me because I feel like fitness, there's such a spectrum when you walk into a room, especially depending on what workout you're doing, the instructor that you're taking. There's so many variations in what someone can do when they're teaching a class. So I always try to be the instructor that somebody, when you walk into my class, you feel like he has got me like, I don't have to worry about this because I know Evan has got it under control. Like I can just come in. He's going to take it from there. And we're going to be for 50 minutes. Let me do, I tell people like, let me do the thinking for you for 50 minutes. Like I'm going to get you through this workout, but I'll do the thinking for you because it's like some people only have an hour to like give themselves something. And so I want to give them that time to like, just like be in their body for that time. So that is like such, such an important part of it for me. For sure.
2: Yeah. Well, it definitely shows just how seriously you take it, and Moses. we appreciate you.
1: So much. Yeah. I'm my, right goes. back at yeah. you.
0: If you ever feel your ears burning, <laughs> it's most likely Sophie and I talking about. <laughs> 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 um.
2: Okay. My second yeah. question is personal. Yes. And if you read yes. it, Moses can just edit this out. Um.
0: Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> That's right. My team. Right. My team can edit it. out. Yeah. Yeah. His, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The editing Not team. Not just me. Mm.
2: Hmm. So I happened to catch on your Instagram a few weeks yes. ago um yes. an exchange with someone named Ryan,
1: maybe? Uh-huh yes. Um, yes, was his name. Yes.
2: for <laughs> these seven listeners that uh, don't yeah. know <laughs> about this. Um basically it seemed like he just kind of came at you when someone who didn't mm-hmm. know you at all. Or I, I guess you mm-hmm. should just explain it. But my question after you give a little bit of backstory is does that Like, do you see that happen a lot on your Mm. Instagram? And Mm -hmm.
0: if you want,
2: if you want to answer that question and prompt you also, if you want to answer this is, Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought you handled it beautifully first Mm of all. Um, but like, does that ever get to you or how does that make you feel when people are just trolling? Um,
1: yeah, I think as a fitness person who like social media presence is, I don't wanna say a fundamental part of being an instructor because I don't think it is. I think you can have a great career without putting so much pressure and effort on yourself to be present on social media. Cause in our line of work, it really comes down to your, your connection with people in the moment in the studio. But at the same time, you know, when people are looking to like, whose class should I take? The first thing they do is go to social media. Like who is this person? Do I think I can get along with them, whatever. So I think my relationship with social media has gone through so many waves of like, this is great. I'm connecting with people. It's so fun. And then there's moments of like this interaction with this stranger that show the opposite side of it. Like you open yourself up in a public way. You inherently open yourself up to people who are going to try to hurt you. So it's like, that's just part of the the game that we're playing with social media. It's like, if you're going to be there and out in the open, you also have to be ready for, people who are going to present you with negative negativity. So just like this person, just a little background is that this guy decided to send me a message about um, like how he viewed my relationship with my husband. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. It was so wild to me to see this person's view on who I am in my relationship when he doesn't know anything about me so I in my opinion it's never productive to be vindictive against somebody else in that way especially if it's online like I'm like I feel like people who do that are just consistently trying to trigger trigger you to get more responses out of you until it until it just gets out of hand so I don't really succumb to that in that way I you know try to be firm, but kind in sort of the response that I had. So it actually is the first time that that has really happened. Someone who has been directly targeting me in my real life, I guess, outside of social media, like my relationship with the people. So it was the first time that someone has been directly talking to me in that way through social media that has never happened in that way before. So it was something that I hadn't ever had to deal with yet and I feel pretty lucky to have to to say that but um it was still I mean pretty shocking to see somebody one feel like they spent time and energy in doing something like that. Is pretty shocking it's like don't you have better things to do with your day than this um so I think you know it's such a small blip in terms of all of the great messages I got on the other side of it like when I posted this exchange with this person it was it was truly overwhelming how many wonderful messages I got from everybody else that that I interacted with online so I mean if there is a silver lining that would be it you know that there are people who are here in Seattle who also live all over the world who were sending messages of like support. Mm -hmm. so that was pretty special for me to see
2: yeah, it was yep. super, I mean, I think a lot of people were shocked just to see that there was a stranger, you know, coming in yeah. and making comments about your wild. marriage. It's, it's, it's wild. Yeah.
1: And, um, and people feel safe in order to do that. And that's why I say like, it's really easy to get caught up in like, I need to defend myself to this person. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like, what, what is the point? So yeah. that's kind of where it was just like, I'm going to say that I was like, you're going to allow yourself one message back mm-hmm. to this person. You're going to do one message. It's going to be kind, but it's going to be, you know, firm and sort of like, this is not your space. I don't really understand why you feel like you can say these things. And then that was it. I was like, (laughs) locked and done. Like, you got to get out of here. Like, I don't need you in this space. I don't need you to continue to be this here. So, yeah. Well, I love
2: the way that you handled that. And yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. But also, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So are you? So yeah. So are you? Yeah. Okay.
2: Those are my two questions. You're the best. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for being here. Loved for it. my first ever. Um, yes. Yeah, segment.
1: I love I feel so special. I love it. So good. All right, get out of here. Crazy. Okay, I'm going.
2: <laughs> um. All
0: right, we're we're almost out of here. I want to be respectful of your time. Um. Uh, we're going to move on to level three here.
1: Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So level three. I know. Wow. I know.
0: Here we go. This is it though. This is the end. I'm ready. We kind of touched on this earlier. What, what advice would you give your younger self?
1: Yeah. I feel like I, when I was talking about that earlier, I was thinking about in the back of my brain, what else I kind of would tell myself when I was earlier and like when I first started. And I think in terms of teaching fitness, I feel like I'm trying to, think about where my mindset was when I was teaching and how much it has changed. Mm -hmm. And I just recently posted about this, speaking of social media about it. And and it kind of was in reference to my earlier self, but really in terms of other instructors are out there. I think when I first started, my goal was to be like, how can I teach the hardest class ever?
0: Mm.
1: How can I teach the hardest class ever? Because I would always hear people like, Oh my gosh, his class was so hard. Like that's what you hear like as the definitive sort of descriptor of classes. Like, yeah, like,
0: what kind of makes oh, a a class? Is class. Is just
1: so, it's so crazy hard. Oh my gosh. And I just really wish that was there was something else besides that, that like barometer of like how good a class mm. is. Yeah. Because I think there needs to be some sort of responsibility on the client to increase the difficulty of the class if they feel like they need it. Right. You know, it's like if you're breezing through a class, your responsibility is to recognize that and grab heavier weights for yourself. Like you can make any class challenged if you're using the implements that are challenging for you. Yeah. So it's like whether you're doing weights, whether you're on a treadmill, whether you're on a stationary bike, there are ways where you can take the same exact structure and make it a challenge. So I feel like my thought process has shifted so much in terms of how can I make this class as hard as possible to how can I make this class as inclusive as possible Mm. for all people who are newer to working out, who haven't worked out in a while, but are coming back to it and how, how for the people who have been here the whole time. So it is, in my opinion, much more advanced level of coaching. So maybe that's why I am now at this place because I've been teaching for so long. Yeah because when you first start, you're just trying to make it out alive. Like you're just trying to make it True. work and have you know, people to like it. And things, like, yeah. Right. You're just trying to meet people. You're trying to not screw up your queuing. You're not trying to like, you know, mess up your words and you're just yep. like, just trying to get out of there. So I feel like that has been my biggest focus is like, don't spend so much time on trying to make it the hardest thing ever. Try and actually let people feel like you are, Coaching them, like you're actually seeing the person and giving them the space that they need to feel successful, whatever that is for them, right. is my biggest goal now.
0: Yeah, I sure. I I totally feel you there because the athletes are going to be able to push themselves. Hundred percent. You know. Yep. The, yep. The, the Totally. So so the person who's just coming into class,
1: like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I I know I need to get that person. Through yeah, the workout. Right, like that is the person, exactly. Yeah. And that's the person who is like the quickest to shut down in their brain. One hundred are this is it. I'm yep. done. This is, yeah, I'm like done. I'm, not, done. I'm never like, coming back to this. Like, why would I? Totally, totally. So it's just like, that is kind of the biggest thing. Like when, when I was just talking to Sophia about like how I create classes, yep. that is something that I'm always thinking about too. It's like, how can you make people feel like this workout is for them regardless of how many workouts they've taken before. Yeah. So that's kind of my biggest thing for newer people. It's like cuz those are the people that ultimately build your community. That like yep. become your people are the people yeah. who come the first time and they keep coming back. Yep. So that's the biggest one for sure that I would um, tell my younger
0: self. That's a good one. What are some short-term goals and long-term goals you have? Like in the next year and then in the next like 5-10 years.
1: Yeah, I think long-term is to build our region even more so we're, there's a studio going to be opening in portland in the fall which we Let's just go. announced today which is exciting so it's like our region in the pacific northwest is building which is very exciting so i definitely want to be sort of a spearhead for that in building that region whether that means you know here in seattle there in portland whether there's another studio in seattle i don't know but um that's definitely a long-term goal is to really cement myself as a resource for the other instructors, because Vancouver, I love teaching. Does that count? Vancouver, definitely there. Technically, you know, but yeah. kind of. Yeah. Um. So I think teaching is one of my favorite things to do, but what I love doing on top of that is helping coaches become better coaches. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something that I really love talking about and like, why does that coach do it so well? Like what actually about them? Like what, like tangibly can we put on paper that this right. person does well, that makes their class great. And how can we transfer that to somebody else? Mm-hmm. So that is something that I love looking at and taking classes and figuring that out and helping people. Love that. So that is like a really big long-term goal to be able to help build that. Um, and in terms of more short-term goal. I think what I've been trying to tinker with for the last little bit is figuring out a way to, um, the idea is to create a space that helps people get a little bit more one-on-one attention in terms of studio fitness. And so I think the biggest challenge for us as coaches is you have 50 people in a room, everybody's deadlift looks different. Yep. And you can only give so many cues at once. Yep. So my goal is to create some sort of format that helps people actually focus on more sort of like, whether it's a workshop situation, whether it's like an actual class, but to actually help people focus on how they can improve their specific form. That's more than just like two minutes after the class. So that is a format that I've been working and ironing out for a while that I think is going to be something that comes to fruition, you know, um, because I think people really want it and it can be really helpful. So that's a big thing. That's even
0: an advanced person. Totally. Um, If you could change one thing in the fitness industry, what would it be? Mm
1: -hmm. Just one for now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we touched on it before is that the, the barometer for a good instructor is not how hard their class is. It's how seen and heard they make their clients feel. And the really great instructors, I think, do both. And I think I get really put off when I feel like the instructor is only trying to make their class hard, and they're not seeing the fact that 80% of their class can't complete the workout that they're trying to program. Right. That, I think, is extremely disrespectful to the people who are trying to take their class. Mm. So I think – and then on the flip side of it, it's the people who are – you know. Trying to pull all of their intensity down without pushing the people in front of them, like there should be a level of discomfort, but it shouldn't be impossible. Right. So I think like there needs to be a different barometer in how we correlate the success of a class for other instructors. So I think I really wish the conversation was not immediately to how hard their class is. You know, it's like did they? Yeah. Can we change that language somehow? They connected to you. Yes. Did you feel like they? were really aware of their programming? Do you feel mm-hmm. like they really understood how it was feeling when you were doing X, Y, and Z? Do you feel like they were really aware of like celebrating people when they were doing something more than they had done the last time or mm-hmm. stuff like that? It's like, I think there's other ways to feel like a class is successful than just how hard it is. And I feel like part of that issue is it feels hard when you're doing cardio because your heart rate is high. And so I feel like classes tend to be feeling hard when your heart rate like stays at like 185 and you feel like you're going to die the whole time. Right. But in what I do, which is strength training, that's not really the case. You don't need your heart rate to be that high all the time. So like there needs to be a different barometer in terms of how we describe classes.
0: I like that. I like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. What's your why? What pulls you out of bed?
1: Mm. I feel like the biggest motivator for me and what I do is that I am really helping people discover new levels of strength that, you know, they feel like they didn't have, like whether they push themselves a little bit faster on a treadmill, whether they pick up a heavier weight for the first time, you know, whether they have been injured and this is their first time hitting a jog and they're feeling really good about it. You know, I feel like fitness is such a great tool for connectedness of people and i'm super lucky to be able to do that so i feel like if i get one person who walks out of my class to be like wow i'm so proud of what i did today yeah it's a huge win it's a huge win you know there's like you said the athletes are always going to push themselves there's going to be people who always sprint super fast and lift super heavy and that's awesome but i feel like there needs to be a a wider lens on top of like but am i making people feel proud of the work that they're doing yeah are they feeling proud of their body are they feeling strong not like destroyed, you know, right. when they come out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I feel you. I think it's I think it's important yeah. because you know it's going back to the whole that first person taking the class for the first time, like so right. important, so important. Totally. Um. Okay, we're here. Last question. Yeah, I'm ready. Thank you so much for your time. I really really appreciate it. Uh, who would you like to hear on the Off the Waitlist podcast? And you have to help me get them on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um okay so Michelle Obama if you Yeah can yeah that out that would be great just She's on the her list. Her. Yeah yeah she's, she's on the list. Um hmm I feel like someone I would really love to hear talk. Well you know one of my mentors I mean you worked with Chris as well mm. I it, I mean he's he lives in LA and he's super busy. I mean, his brain is just like, he has been doing fitness for so long. He He's one of my mentors. He's one of your mentors. So he has really instilled a lot of how I teach in what I do now. We have very different kind of ways of going about it, obviously, because everybody does. Yep. But I think I would love for you to like get some information from him and kind of how he thinks a little bit deeper in terms of fitness too. Um,
0: Oh, I'll never forget just sending workouts to Chris and have him oh my God. just rip it apart, rip him apart, and and say <laughs> start over. <laughs> yeah, never, been never have mm. I ever been so critiqued in like the yeah. best way. Totally. Like yeah, totally. you're so 100 percent correct about Chris. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a great one. He's great. Um, that's our time. I really appreciate uh you taking the time out of your busy ass schedule take time out um and i'll see you soon man you sure you like, sure well thank yeah. you for
1: having me thanks for yeah. hanging and
0: of course getting to it know was me a little yeah. bit more yeah i'm so glad you got to or i got to hear some of your
1: stories so really appreciate you thank you all right I'll talk to you soon bye